Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I said it's all right. Hello, and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we're talking with Malak Anshashi, who I'm hoping that's right, an assistant professor at Florida Polytechnic University, and Kenya Corey is the executive director of the Florida Recycling Partnerships uh, Foundation. Uh, the host today is me only, Annie Ellis, uh, and lucky Kenny Coogan is in Japan for a few weeks. So uh, we also have Bill here running the boards, couldn't do it without him. And Irene is answering all the phone calls. So whenever you guys call in, which I want you to do, uh, please uh, go through Irene and she'll get you to us. In fact, I'll just go ahead and tell you, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. Send us an email at dj at org, and we will read it on the air. Um, so I wanted to talk about, well, first off, this weekend, I went over on Happy Mother's Day, everybody. I went over to uh, Sweetwater uh, Community Organic Farm and uh, volunteered to do work there. And they rely on volunteers to do the work, y'all. So um, it, I encourage you to go. It was really a lot of fun. I mean, I like that kind of stuff, though. Anyway, I'm pitching uh, mulch and, you know, throwing their compas down and stuff like that. But there was quite a few people there um, getting hours for their school. Like all these high school kids uh, were getting there for extra credits and stuff like that. So this is a really good way to get extra credit for schools and also a wonderful way to give back to the community. Um, and it's a beautiful place to be. So I just wanted to let y'all know that I went and it was fun and I encourage you to go as well. Um, so, you know, we're going to have these folks on, but I wanted to tell you why I ha they're on today is that I read an article in the Tampa Times, um, uh, Tampa Bay Times, uh, January 11th uh, uh, this year, and it was written by Max Chesnes, and it really got me thinking about, you know, because, you know, I'm all about reducing use, refusing uh, what's, you know, what's offered to me that's not a good product, and then recycling is being the end game uh, of that it's all extremely important. But this article, it was about how many cities are dropping the recycling programs and why. So we have the women on who were the experts quoted uh, in the article on the show. So I just wanted to let y'all know why this show is happening and where it came from. And it took a long time. As you can see, that article was in January. So it takes a long time to get the people on that we want uh, for these shows. And so uh, if you have some different questions afterwards, uh, we talk to them or during the show, please don't hesitate to call us at 813-239-9663. So I want to introduce... Um, uh, Welcome, actually, both you guys uh, uh, to the show, Malik and Kenya. Y'all are on the uh, air now? I'm here. Both y'all are here? 
As am I. Oh, good. Yes, I can hear you both. Yay. Just wanted to make sure we're all uh, copacetic. So, so uh, Malik uh, Anashi is uh, an assistant professor at Florida Polytechnic University, and she teaches uh, solid waste management, sustainability, and life cycle assessment courses. Her research focuses, uh, focus is on incorporating life cycle thinking into solid waste management. And Kenya... Corey, the, is the executive director of the Florida Recycling Partnership Foundation. And that is a coalition of top Florida businesses and associations. The organization provides a variety of educational summits, workshops, and seminars to show others how recycling can be done. So uh, thank you so much, y'all, for being on the show. really appreciate you coming through for me on that. Um, I, want, I have a list of questions that I want to ask you, and I want you to just feel free to be able to um, elaborate as you want and also not just one person answer these questions because it's open for both of you. So my first question for y'all is I noticed in the article that at least six municipalities in Florida have canned completely shut off curbside recycling for residents in the recent years. And I want you to let me know why this is happening. Well, I'll start off. This is Keena again. Um, I think uh, some of the local governments thought that if they shut it down, they could save some money. And um, and that's why we came about doing this, um, asking the University of Florida uh, and, and, and at Malik and Dr. Tim Townsend to do the study for us is did they save any money or what did it do to the environment? Um, we saw some cities come, come back. For example, uh, Coral Springs uh, stopped their um, recycling services uh, for about a year and the residents went to City Hall and said, we don't like this. We want you to get back to, to doing the recycling. That's and so great. they were able to get their uh, recycling back. Um, just remember that local governments control your recycling. Right. So if you want your recycling, if, if for some reason a local government has stopped your recycling, go to City Hall and tell them that you want it back. Uh, because as Malik will probably tell you, there's a lot of reasons why uh, that you need to continue. Uh, it didn't save by stopping it. It didn't save that much money, uh, but it did a lot of environmental harm. Yes. Uh, do you want to comment on that, Malik? Yeah, I think that probably one of the biggest reasons why, just like Kina said, is cost. But another big reason is sometimes the recycling system itself gets out of hand. And that's thanks to residents who are meaning to be well, meaning to contribute to recycling in the best way. But unfortunately, they end up placing a lot of things that aren't supposed to be recycled and the recycling bin. So it causes this issue of what we refer to as contamination. So we get a lot of contaminants in our recycles, recycling bin, which really, really drives down that market price of your recyclables, that commodity value associated with it. And probably the most important part of that is it makes it a lot harder for those who know how to source, separate, and to kind of just put everything into a well-meaningful commodity in the end. Things like our what we refer to as like our recycling facilities. We usually go by this term called a MRF, a materials recovery facility. So it makes it their job a lot harder. So because of that, there's a lot of, I guess I would say, 
unfortunate mishaps associated with our recycling system because these residents who mean very well oftentimes they end up wish cycling i'm sure a lot of people have heard that term. yes wish cycling There's, yeah yeah exactly so definitely cost and definitely just the idea of it's just so hard to educate these residents to know this is what you need to put it yes uh it's funny that you are saying that because uh uh, I know that I've talked to a lot of recycling people because this is very dear to my heart, and uh, they have now, the, the people that pick it up, they know which ones are polluted streets. And so they don't even think about taking it to the recycle place. It goes straight to getting burned for energy because it's so trashed. So I would like at that moment in time to uh, to let the public know what is recyclable and what is not recyclable that's been put in these things. I think that's a good point to start. Well, the the like I said, each local government determines what goes into your recycling bin, mm -hmm. but pretty much across the entire state, um, they want the cardboard and paper. They want uh, plastic drink bottles and milk jugs and um, tubs and, and, and containers, plastic containers. They want um, aluminum cans and steel cans. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that have value to it. So remember, if there's if there's no market for or an item, it's not recyclable. Right. So those are pretty, pretty standard, pretty good prices right now. Milk jugs, matter of fact, the prices are up on that quite a bit. Um, the uh, paper uh, paper recyclers, especially cardboard, they want that cardboard back um, so that they can recycle it and reuse it. Yeah, but those are like the basics. Glass is a harder one, um, and it's um, you, you, you don't find as many places accepting glass anymore like you used to. But just think of your grocery stores when you go in and you pick up a, a jar of pickles, it used to always be in glass. It's not anymore. You, you really can't find any pickles in a glass jar anymore. All of my so pickles you, are in jazz, glass jars. Are, are they? Great. Yeah, because I, don't, every, yeah. I don't buy plastic, so I don't even understand that. I've never yeah, seen so that. It's, the reason why they do that is it's lighter weight um, and, and there's more recyclability. You could recycle that pickle jar probably better than you can your glass jar. Hmm. So, um, uh, so that really kind of brings me to the thing is that like if we don't stop using plastic, we're not going to make our world better. So if, if people are not using the glass, which seems to me to be an easier thing to reuse, break it up, melt it down, make the glass again, uh, that doesn't even make sense to me. But I guess it's all about money and who's going to be doing the processing, right? Well, not necessarily. I mean, you, the, the, for example, the, the Beverage Association, the Florida Beverage Association, American Beverage Association, they got their three major competitors, Coke, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and Dr. Pepper all together. They want every bottle back because they don't have to produce new plastics for those bottles. They can recycle those bottles several times. So, um, and making it, you know, more convenient. Um, it's just, we've got to get people to, to recycle the right things, like Malik was saying. Mm. So yeah, I think, go ahead, Malik. Sorry, just to kind of add to those points, I feel like both glass and plastic get quite the negative rep in, in different lights mm -hmm. kind of just to speak about each one of them starting with glass glass is one one easy material to pick on especially since when you do end up putting it to, in your recycling bin as you probably have seen it gets all crushed up into these these little pieces that make it very difficult to oh. 
maybe like get rid of the other types of materials that might be in there, like bottle caps, sometimes straws, maybe even just smaller pieces of plastic and paper. So because of that, glass usually ends up having a bad rep because it doesn't have as much of a high commodity value as other materials. So in my opinion, the issue with glass isn't necessarily the material itself because there are places and markets that are willing to accept them and who are really in need of that recycled material. But it's really our responsibility of how we put it into our bin. Oh, I and see. I, yeah. yeah. So I, I think one thing that has been popping about, I've seen it, for example, in, in like Nashville, Tennessee, are these separate glass only collection centers. Thank you. So they collect them by like individual glass container colors. And they've been proving to show that, you know, you get even a higher market value associated with that material, where instead of having to pay someone to process it for you, they're actually paying the, the, the local community or or whoever it is that's in charge of that recycling program. I love oh. that so much. You know, back in the day when uh, nobody picked up um, anything for recycling, let's see, 30 years ago when I moved mm-hmm. here to Florida, uh, I would have to take mine to the dump site that did have the recycling bin separated, and and you had to separate the color of the glass within each bin. And I love when you were talking about that they were going to start doing that in a separate uh, box. I think that's a, a marvelous idea. Um, however, you know, like you were also saying earlier, people are really irresponsible um, on what they do. They think they're doing good. I mean, I, one of my neighbors was putting every piece of plastic that they found in the in the recycle mm-hmm. bin, and I was at their house and I looked at their tra- at their can, and I was like, "Hey, let me come out here. I'm going to show you something." I mean, and it was like probably 90% of it wasn't usable again. So, and also I want to add when you said cardboard, I want to make sure everybody knows don't put your pizza box in there if it has oil on it. Uh, If it's a frozen pizza that you had gotten that had the plastic, that's fine. But any of the cardboard cannot have uh, any of the grease on it, correct? Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And what I do is a lot of times I'll cut off the top of my box because it doesn't have any, you know, food residue on it. Yeah. I can put that in the recycle bin, but the bottom part that's all greasy and icky, that goes in the trash can. Yeah, I did that the other day. I had one that had just one drop of of, uh, of oil on it, and I just cut that drop out. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah, this is easy. To me, it's easy. <laughs> so, and, one, and one other thing to kind of add to, like, Kina's point about the types of plastics that are really, like, certain organizations are really keen on trying to get as much of their original materials back. Things like, for example, like the higher quality plastics, you've probably seen like your your laundry detergent bottle um, or even like your milk jug bottle, maybe even your Pepsi cans or things like that. Those types of plastics, they actually do have a lot more in terms of commodity value and environmental impact when they're able to take them and reuse them in, in making and remanufacturing other types of plastics and or, or even the same type of material over again. So for people who do want to use plastic still, there are reasons why I'm sure I understand. Um, and those reasons, I would say it's most important to try your best to make sure that they're recaptured into this recycling system. Well, and, and, or you can go to a zero waste store 
store and and bring your container and get your detergent in that. <laughs> so I encourage that more than the other. <laughs> but we are talking about recycling, so so that's that. Now uh, I know that in, in Tampa we can't put the caps in there, so none of the plastic caps can go in there as well. And all the the, the products need to be rinsed before they go in as well. Is that correct? Is that something that's a standard? Not on the caps. Um, it, it, the Beverage Association wants those caps back because that's recyclable materials, and they oh. can re. They, they, that's a good one. Um, but if your local government has on their um, no list caps. of items not to put those in there, then yeah. don't, because that means that they're working with, like Malik said, a MRF. That's a that material recovery facility that can't handle the caps. Got it. Um, we actually, the Florida Recycling Partnership Foundation gave an award to a group uh, last year that uh, collected bottle caps over in Brevard County, and they used them in um, uh, cleaning up the lagoon, um, uh, Indian River Lagoon. By using, working with a, a university over there, they were putting them in like mesh bags, and it was causing a certain type of irrigation and helping clean up that that waterway. So uh, we thought that was a very interesting, uh, unique way of uh, recycling their their bottle caps. I wanted to uh, read a couple of emails. Uh, I have one um, from Antonio, uh, and he says, we found microplastics in our bloodstream first time early this year, which I know that a lot of people have it now. All the fish do. Everything has it in their bloodstream from the plastics. Uh, so glass, more organic. Keep up the great work, Tony. Um, and then we also have another one about recycling contamination uh, from Tom uh, Palmer in Winter Haven. Do your guests know any of any recycling programs that have successfully dealt with the contamination problem? That's a good question. Uh, do you guys ha have any thoughts on that? I have a few thoughts. Maybe I could start. So I'm actually in, um, I'm based here in, in Temple Terrace in Hillsborough County. And I know that Temple Terrace is a municipality of Hillsborough County. So it's not going to be incorporated as part of the Hillsborough County collection system. So if you ever drive around in the county and you see those nice Hillsborough County recycling and garbage bins, we don't have that in Temple Terrace. <laughs> but we're not included in that route. Okay. Um, but, but something that's interesting that we've learned from Hillsborough County, talking to the recycling coordinator, um, Danny Gallagher, actually, he recently told me about the contamination issues that they've had with their recycling system and how they've seen this interesting um, kind of finding most recently where the northern part of the county, which used to have the most amount of contamination, has actually decreased contamination significantly. And then if you were to compare it to the southern part of the county, now that's where the contamination, contamination yes. issues increased. And I've heard not that they've been able to do a comprehensive study, but some of their like assumptions related to that is a lot of people moving into Tampa who have never really lived to Tampa or in the south part of the county a lot of people who are coming for tourist reasons. So there's there's definitely um, some uh, some work that they've done. And I know that the work that they've done to, to combat contamination was um, targeting certain, certain areas and really focusing on education. So doing these education campaigns with flyers and going door to door and kind of just having um, even just educational trips, uh, for example, elementary schools. So they've worked on that. And then another county that's kind of close to home here, Orange County, where we have Orlando and, and everything else. Uh -huh. um, 
they've done uh they've also had issues with contamination and what they've done is a a cart tagging system so they'll yes. actually go to your cart and they'll tell you if you're doing a good job if you're not doing a good job they'll be very clear on why you're not doing a good job by circling here are the materials that you're putting into your system that maybe you shouldn't be um and you know they've had some some um from what i've heard they've had some positive experience with that but it's still a growing issue and it takes a lot it's not going to be one strategy is going to fix it all it's going to be a multi strategy effort and i'm sure Kina could speak all about that as well i wanted to touch base with that we they used to do that in hillsborough county they would put a label on the top of your uh can and it would tell you and they wouldn't pick it up and they would tell you what was wrong and they would not pick it up and i think that that was a good way to do it because I don't know about y'all, but I think that people have bad experiences. They're going to have yeah. a response that's going to help do the right thing uh, because they're going to have a negative experience. I hate that it has to go that way. But, you know, the, the coddling of, of this is, is making people don't want, they don't want to make people mad. And yeah. because of that, I think that's why they stopped labeling it because they got, people got mad. And I, I want you to get mad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so if you have some comment, uh, some more to elaborate on that. Uh, oh, wait a minute. We have a phone call. Uh, let me go ahead and get that phone call on air. David uh, from Lakeland, you're on the air. You have a plastic bottle recycling um, comment or question? Yeah. Yes, I'm in the county in Polk County, and they do not take plastic bottles. I'm sorry. The only plastic they take is like milk jugs. Mm-hmm. And I also believe they might take the wrappings from plastic bottle, <laughs> plastic bottles, you know, when you buy water bottles. And I'm wondering why. It's always just aggravated the heck out of me. And does anybody know why Polk County does not take plastic? Well, as people were saying, they each county does a different thing. So you guys want to talk about that? I, I couldn't hear what he said. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so David in Lakeland, that's a problem, isn't it? Uh, he said that um, his county uh, does not take a certain plastic. They only take one plastic container, like the the water, or the uh, milk cartons, no. and they don't and they don't take any others. Is that correct, David? Yes. Okay. And so he was, he was wondering, he really irritates him and he was wondering why that's the way that is uh, in his county. You know, I actually got asked that question this past week. I gave a presentation at the Florida Chamber uh, Leadership Conference on uh, safety, health and sustainability. And, mm -hmm. and I had like two or three people stop by and say, why would a county stop taking water bottles or other, you know, valuable yeah, uh, recyclable materials, and I don't know the answer to that, and I'm actually going to check into it. So uh, I, I, I actually have that answer. So good job. I, I know Polk County, and um, I know Paul County pretty well. I've done some work um, with Polk County, and and their solid waste director who just retired, Anna Wood. She's the one who kind of became this trailblazer and really, really cutting down the material that gets accepted um, in the Polk County unincorporated portions. Since he's from Lakeland, I'm not sure if this counts as part of kind of answering their well, question. Hang on one second. David, where are, you, where are you from? Well, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm from Lakeland, but I live in the county. What county is that? Polk County. Polk County. Okay. And and then I have an, another question. Okay, hang on. Yeah. Hang on, David. Okay. Let's get sorry, this David. one. So it's Polk County, because they okay. can't hear you, so I'm, I'm interpreting. Oh, okay, sorry. 
Okay. So, um, oh, can y'all hear David yeah, talking? Yeah, we can hear now. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, good news. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Um, so, I, so I actually remember this was a few years back, and um, Anna Wood, who was the um, solid waste director, she just retired recently, and she kind of trailblazed this initiative of really, really reducing the materials that get accepted. Um, part of the material list that she came up with was somewhat in terms of really focusing on the economics of it. So she looked at historical commodity values and she picked the materials that are going to have a very strong commodity value for the next few years or even further than that. So her idea from what I remember her describing this, for example, to the Polk County um, um, commissioners, the reason why some materials didn't get included as part of this list is because um, based on their research, they found that they will not have a big benefit associated with keeping it from an economic perspective. Um, and that's just because of the fluctuation in terms of economic costs. Now, one thing that I definitely am a very big proponent about, um, especially considering that I'm an environmental engineer is looking at it beyond just cost, looking right. at it in terms of what's the environmental benefit. Yes. So unfortunately it, it is true. You're going to lose environmental benefits when you don't capture those types of materials. Um, and I think that one thing that she really wanted to do is just try to get these residents to form new habits where instead of you're trying to recycle every single thing and contaminating all the good stuff, you're now forming these new habits where you're going to be able to just focus on the really, really good stuff. And then as the years progress, hopefully coming back and adding a few of these other ones. Oh, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. So it's basically what's, what you're saying is that they're trying to clean up the, the pollution aspect of the recycling of the individuals. That's exactly. a great idea, actually. Well, the problem is that they don't recycle plastic bottles. Well, I know, but did you hear what she said, David? Yeah, she was said yeah. that they were reducing it down because it was so polluted. You might just be the exception right. to the rule, but the, the most of the general public is polluting their recycling bins so badly that they have to knock it down because they can't afford to manage it, and they're suggesting that they can add that later on as people get better skills. I, I understand that, okay. that concept makes sense. Yes, it just, it just, I know it's we're, annoying. We're not, we're not recycling. No, I hear you. I hear you. It, 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 all those things annoy the heck out of me too. <laughs> okay, here's, here's, here's another concept. Okay. When I was going to school at West Virginia University, it was three miles south of Point Marion, Pennsylvania, and I used to drive there and get cases of rolling rock. And it would come in 42 seven-ounce bottles, and they recycled those bottles hundreds of times. Sure, back in the day. Value. Yeah. Why do we not? They used to recycle Coke bottles. Uh, Why do we not recycle glass? I don't know. I think that that would be a v wonderful thing to do. We would just have the little case. We would drink the drink, and we'd put it back in the case, and then we'd take it back to the place. I love that Absolutely. idea, but, you know, I also love the idea of we just have a cigar box with money in it at the front door, and if we have things we have to pay for, people just take it out, and, <laughs> and that's it. 
you know, the honor system. But I mean, it's just not that way anymore. It's a, you know, we live in a huge city uh, and we have to deal with the, the waste that has now increased over the years. I mean, everything is that way now. So unfortunately, but I'm going to, I have another caller on the other line. Yeah, so, thank you for your time. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. Okay. And so Steve, you're on the air and you want to share some insight on recycling? Well, I hope so. I'm I do too. Not an ex- I'm certainly <laughs> not, certainly not an expert on this and don't have an ax to grind, but I've been following the uh, troubles with recycling, you know, across the United States, particularly with small cities Yes, since the reduction in huge volumes of waste plastic from China during the pandemic and for other reasons. They cut back extensively. Okay. That resulted in a number of folks who were under contract to various municipalities not being able economically to recycle a mixed, highly mixed waste stream. You got green beer bottles. You got brown beer bottles. You have some plastics, like for shampoos, that are colored, et cetera, et cetera. The highest yield, my understanding, and I'm not an expert, is clean, clear plastic is what folks would pay a premium for. As it gets into mixed green, brown, clear glass, and other stuff, it's simply not economical to sort it and then to separately package it and sell it. And that's not the fault of the municipalities. I don't think it's the fault of China. Um, it's just something that's happened. And if you simply Google, you know, recycling, how does it work in the United States? You'll see that, as is the case, I think recently it was either Pinellas or Pasco, for several months, a long period of time, they simply dumped all the stuff that people put carefully in their recycling bin. It just went into the landfill. Well, that uh, I don't know if it went to the landfill, but here what they do is they burn it for energy. So they don't uh, they don't recycle it because it's so polluted they can't manage it. But what they do here in Tampa, I know in Hillsborough County, they burn it for energy. So I'm not too sure if that's true, but you know I appreciate your comment, and I'm going to yeah, let the lady. The experts uh, comment on that. Uh, Absolutely, and I'll listen with rapt attention. <laughs> Thank you so All much right. for calling in. Bye bye. Well, I do know during the uh, pandemic, um, a lot of the recyclables did go into landfills. It oh. was a lot of it due okay, to so that is true. Uh, uh, because of, of um, uh, and getting employees uh, at work on the on the sides of the recycling trucks, driving the recycling trucks. Uh, the MRFs, um, those material recovery facilities, were having problems with employees. So there was oh, because a they didn't of because they were sick and they didn't have exactly. enough employees. Oh, okay, exactly. Okay, and you know you, you you think that it would be an easy thing for somebody to do, but to drive a garbage truck takes a lot of effort oh, and a yeah. lot of skill. some skills. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of skills. So that's that was some of the problems that we had there. Um, but I think it's getting back to normal. I think we're getting back to sending the things to the right places mm-hmm. um, because what we want to make sure is that those, you know, that those anything that's that can that has a recycle that can be recycled that has a market, we want those to be recycled. And um, and I, I I think that's our our main goal and our main point. Yeah. Alec, I would I would say that um, unfortunately there is some truth to that question, or I guess that's so sad. Question, that statement, but I, I have heard 
um, through kind of some communications with some reporters a few like early, early in the year that they were trying to kind of investigate. I can't remember the name of the municipality exactly, but it is within this like central region of Florida where the material that was being picked up for recycling did actually end up directly at the landfill. And I don't know exactly the reasons why that occurred. Um, maybe there's some unfortunate issues with the city and the hauler and the communication, right. or maybe something had happened between the hauler and the city. But I know for a fact that if there was a recycling contract and you are, as a resident, paying for recycling specifically, that it, it, it is your right to make sure that those materials are at least, at the very least, ending up directly at those recycling facilities yeah. because of births. So I do know that that was um, something that had occurred. Again, I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the exact name of the municipality where that occurred. But I do know that um, in the cases where people believe kind of this general idea of, oh, all our recycling is contaminated and all of it needs to end up at a landfill or at a waste energy facility and um, just a bit more additional information, Pasco County and Pinellas both do have as well um, waste energy facilities just like us here at Hillsborough County. So they will be burning some of their waste and generating some energy as well um, and also recovering any of those precious metals from from those metals, uh, I'm sorry, from the ash that's remaining from that. Which is but, much better yeah. than at least the thrown in the landfill. You know, exactly. it's, it's a, yeah. some sort of a process. So uh, uh, let's, we have two phone calls and I also wanted to throw this out there that uh, when you, because you, you guys were talking about when they found that axing the pro, uh, the programs did little to save people money. The households only saved $1 to $12 per year, according to the research. But greenhouse gas emissions, on the other hand, increased by as much as 20 times the current average. So that's a lot. Let's uh, go ahead and uh, pick up uh, Joe from Clearwater. What do you have to say about today? Uh, I, what I have to say is that I heard a um, month or two ago that the uh, recyclables in Clearwater did, in fact, go to the dump and not recycled. Okay. And it really ticked, ticked me off this yeah. time because for the last few years, I washed everything before I put it sure. in the recycle can. Yeah. And that's that's over several years. And I don't know how long it was that this, uh, that you know, the stuff was winding up in the dump. Well, they were just and commenting. I, did you hear the comment from the experts that we just no, had? I just uh, turned on the radio. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they just commented on that. They said that it was happening during the COVID period when people were really, a lot of people were sick, employees and so on. And so it yeah. wasn't manageable because they just didn't have the manpower. However, uh, they feel now that it is uh, improved. Is that correct, ladies? Yes. And I think, you know, Clearwater was one of those that um, they were, Basically, from what my my understanding is, and by what I read in, in the local papers, was that they were t- telling their residents that it was going to a recycling facility, and it wasn't. And I wow. think the solid waste director has been fired, wow. if I remember correctly. And that's the type of action that should have taken place. Absolutely. That, that person, Absolutely. if they did if they did that and they did it wrong, then yes, they should have been fired. Well, um, but that's my understanding on that too. I, Joe, it's thank you for being a good recycler and, and rinsing those out and, uh, and for us because we appreciate that we that really helps us so we, we we've right. got to just we'll spread back. the word to make sure that we get it back on uh, back on track again yeah one more word one more word from me okay. i think that the uh person that was in charge that uh allowed this to happen 
should have to repay the money that they oh. paid him for not doing his job. Yeah. And, you know, I, I questioned uh, about a month ago, I was down at the uh, city paying a water bill, and I, I mentioned that, and uh, they uh, they played stupid. They played <laughs> um, whoever I talked to, and then they what they were most interested in was getting my phone number. Right. Which I thought was, uh, yeah. Troublemaker. <laughs> Let's get know. that troublemaker. Troublemaker. Yeah. So I gave him the number anyway. Good for you. It's the second time that I've uh, talked about this. The first time was down at the uh, water company. Yeah. You know, and they, they were all aware that the uh, recyclables went to the dump. Yeah. You know, but, well, I'm so sorry that happened. Out. But, you know, yeah. I'm glad that the guy got fired. Right. Mm-hmm. And or and that, you know, pay back the money that he didn't. Earn. Well, yeah, let's take it out of his retirement. Right. <laughs> like the power company, you know, they collect money to put up a new plant and don't do it. Oh, I know. Just, oh, it's a mess. Anyway. It's a mess yeah, out there. But thanks again. Well, really, as uh, I'd like to just say again, thank you for being conscientious you know, about your recycling. Okay, one more thing. A oh, lot of people we got another call, so like be it. be quick. I, I will, I, and I felt like it too. I felt like, why the hell should I bother recycling? And for a, yeah. for a few weeks, I didn't really do it, but I'm back on it. Good. Yeah, you know. Good. Okay, I'll let you have your phone. Thank, Thank you so you. much for calling, Joe. Appreciate you. Okay. All right, we have Stephanie. Stephanie, uh, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Yes. I have a quick question, and I'll hang up right after the listener to answer. I want to know why it's all a post-consumer issue. Why aren't the manufacturers more responsible for what they are providing to us? Uh, it's really frustrating that, you know, we're the ones saying we've got to take care of this. But, you know, there are no, sometimes there aren't a lot of options. You go to buy something, and it's all in plastic. So why isn't it their issue? And that's my question. Well, I want to say that you can always go to zero waste uh, stores and you can seek that out and you can also buy from farmers. So I just wanted to throw that. I can do, but, you know, I'm saying what the general public does. And I'm sorry. Well, uh, uh, we all are part of general public. I was on hold for a long time, so I'm checking out... uh, but I, I feel like the the manufacturers need to be a lot more responsible. I agree with you a thousand percent. They should be doing better. I agree with you a thousand percent. It's got to be about the money. You know, it's got to be a cheaper situation for them to do it or they wouldn't do it that way. I think part of the issue is a little bit more than just that. It gets a bit more, I hate to say the word political, but it gets a bit more yeah. political. There's there's states, for example, um, Oregon, I think New Jersey just was added to the list, Maryland, California, where they have this idea of extended producer responsibility. Mm -hmm. So this is where they actually place some form of either financial or physical responsibility on the manufacturers to provide either funding for, for example, like these MRFs or for other types of recycling systems or capture systems where they're able to really get those materials that they're the ones that produced it in the first place and make sure that they're being responsible and how they're being recycled. And I know there's many other things that you've probably heard of, things like, for example, those um, bottle bill states where there's locations where um, certain types of beverage companies, they're going to try to encourage you as a consumer to drop off your plastic bottle. That's great. um, Specifically at a collection center designed just for those. And Mm -hmm. typically they do that where you place a deposit on that material when you buy it at the store and then you'd get that deposit back. Oh, so we can encourage them financially. That's very smart. I love that. 
And I'm sure Kina has a lot more to probably ask. Let me real quick. uh, We have another, we have some emails. uh, So let me get to those. Uh, We have an email. It says just an FYI, the national news, NBC question mark had a segment on last week about the first uh, AL recycling center in Colorado or Arizona that will be able to pick out 99% of good recycling within a year or two. It was pretty amazing to hear about this. It made me hopeful for the future re-waste versus recyclables. Great show as always, Kelly O. So, did you have you, and what, let yeah, me Yeah, quick this. comment about the um, AI. Yeah. Uh, we have an over in Sarasota area, uh, single stream recyclers. And they, uh, uh, when we visited them a couple of years ago, I think Malik, you were on that trip too. Um, mm-hmm. They had just put in uh, of several uh, robotic arms. And so they, that is getting to be more and more popular. They're very precise. They can pick it out. They can pick it out fast. So if you use optical sorters and, and robotics and humans too, we still need to have some humans there as well. Um, you can really increase the quality of the recyclables. Uh, WM, we always used to know them as waste management. They're now just called WM right now. Um, they are putting $1.3 billion into different MRFs and recycling technologies across the country. Uh, one of them, big one down in South Florida, but um, they're moving to a lot of those robotic arms uh, and those optical sorters, things of that nature. That's great news. I'm really glad to hear that. You know, this. I have another email really quickly. Uh, well, it's long. I'll just um, look at it bits and pieces. So this man, uh, Pete, in Indian Shores, he manages some buildings on the Gulf. And so what happens is the, a lot of the people uh, that rent those places, they put uh, food and so on in the um, in the recycling bins, uh, and so it, they have to, and the recycling, it says, and the recycling company has to pay $500 out of their pocket uh, when they have to take this whole truck to the dump. Is that so? Wow. Yeah. Tampa actually had a great video on on their website. I'm not sure if it's still there or not, where they showed a truck, a recycling truck that came that picked up from the, the area's they put it um, into their MRF area. They dumped it on the floor, which is a normal process. And then they you sweep like your aluminum cans on one side, your paper products on another side, your plastic bottles on another area. And about half of it was just plain outright garbage. Isn't that ridiculous? And so what happened is they have to call for a garbage truck to come to that facility. They have to sweep that all into the garbage truck and take it to the the dump. And that cost about $1,000. So I can see where it would be about like that. Um, We've wasted over $100 million over the last couple of years by people not recycling right, by putting those contaminated materials that basically trash into the recycling bins and causing a lot of problems. Wow, that is a lot. I had no idea, but I'm not surprised mm-hmm. because people just uh, ignorantly do it. You know, they don't follow the rules. <laughs> Sorry, that's right. So uh, I wanted to also, I, you know, we're talking about so many things. I'm like completely off script. So uh, the things, one of the things you were talking about is uh, it was called life cycle thinking. Um, I think it was Malik uh, had written that in there. Uh, so what is what is life cycle thinking and how do we achieve the 75% recycling rate target? If we can Great go. question. Yeah. Right. So life cycle thinking, probably my favorite research topic, considering I got my master's thesis and dissertation all about <laughs> how to apply it everywhere. Um, and I'm sure Kina's heard so much about it just through me on my own. Um, <laughs> 
But um, life cycle thinking is taking a step back instead of just focusing on what happens to our material when now it's become solid waste to what even is happening in our material when it's being extracted from the earth, when it's being processed and remanufactured or manufactured, when it's being transported to us to be put on shelves, when we as consumers are buying and using it, and then when we put it into the garbage as well. So we're not looking at only the end of life management of it, but we're really going to consider everything that happens before. We call those upstream stages. So you're looking at the entire life cycle of why this material is even needed to be made and what you even need with it. So it's it's kind of a concept that is similar to zero waste, if you're familiar again with, with oh, yeah. zero waste. But instead of just looking at it in terms of what can I do to reduce the amount of byproduct waste, you're really considering in the first place, do I need this material? Yes. Right. Can I source reduce from the very beginning and just say, I don't even need this, for example, this class cup or potentially if you're buying, maybe let's just as a quick, quick, easy example. If you're buying a water bottle, all right, well, are you going to buy a plastic one or a reusable one? If you do buy a reusable one, you want to make sure that you're going to maintain that for a certain amount of uses. That way, the environmental impact associated with oftentimes they're made out of metal. So I'm just going to say metal as an example where oftentimes that metal that's used to make it, you're able to actually say that, yes, I'm able to offset all the emissions associated with mining, extracting, processing, and manufacturing this bottle into metal, into this um, metal water bottle because I've consumed and used it X amount of times. And oftentimes things like that are going to need you to use them quite a bit. So make sure you do a good job of keeping it at so your house. Reducing waste is what you're talking about. Uh, exactly. So, and re- I, refusing, like if someone does offer me a water bottle, I refuse it. And then that gives me the opportunity to tell them why. And mm-hmm. uh, then I'll say, but I'd love to have a glass of water. Could I get a glass of water? And they do. And then that makes them think about it. And all of my friends, I made a lot of uh, friends on Zoom during COVID. And all of them, I've impressed them so much with my recycling and reducing use, really, that they all got their reusable water bottles, all of them. And so they don't buy water uh, in packages anymore. And I think that that's a big, big, big factor is if we just uh, completely change our way of thinking. So that's that's wonderful. So um, just make sure you keep them and you don't lose them, because sometimes that could cause actually more harm than just using a plastic bottle because of all those environmental impacts associated with mining those metals. They're going to be a lot more than that. I have my name on mine. Yeah, even better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, we only have we have ten minutes to go, so I want to see if we can get some really high points here. And how do we impress on residents the importance of mitigating climate change in their everyday actions? I guess part of that would be what you just talked about. Mm-hmm. Any comments on that, uh, Corey, uh, uh, Kenya? No, I think Malik kind of really covered that yeah. okay. in her statements earlier. Okay, and then let's see. I want this was my question, um, and it may or may not have to do with you guys, but I'll throw it out there. And I was, why isn't green waste, yard waste, in the mindset of recycling here? And I know that Tampa has been doing studies for years on that, yet they've not successfully uh, transferred that over for us to be able to reuse our green waste. Do you have anything to do with that? Ladies? You can go first, Tina. 
Okay, I was just going to say that we do encourage um, all of our, our donors and our members um, have some sort of green waste programs so that they're taking care of that at their offices or their uh, plants, things of that nature. That's a real good focus. Um, you've got certain areas like Orange County um, has a, a, a great green waste facility right there at their landfill so that, that everything just kind of stays in this one area. Um, you, you get, you do sometimes have an issue with green waste when you have hurricanes and things of that nature, unfortunately, people will contaminate the green waste because they'll put their um, materials out there. They cut down the limbs or whatever that fell from the hurricane. And then also they cleaned out the refrigerator or they found an appliance <laughs> that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And they'll throw that in with it. Right. And which once again causes problems. So, yeah, um, yeah all of our members are very strong on, on our uh, green waste and wanting to make sure that we uh, mulch and, and reuse that as much as possible. Yeah. And you can also um, use a comp, make compost. I, I use all my green waste and compost. So what's, I, I, we don't have a lot of time left, but I definitely wanted to touch on why the what is the Florida Recycling Partnership Foundation and what is its purpose because I know that's your thing uh, Kenya. So um, like you said in the beginning we're a, a coalition of top Florida companies and association with a mission of educating policymakers, business leaders and the public about the benefits of recycling. So we do that in two different ways. Uh, we do an educational program. So we have done seminars all across the state. I actually started the first one over in Tampa. We went to the Tampa International uh, Mall where that ho beautiful hotel is. And we had a great group of people. We had wonderful speakers, fabulous lunch. And when everything was all said and done, I think I made $100, but my board was very happy <laughs> because um, they, I didn't lose money. It was the first one that we did. Oh, like, there so you I go. I started looking at my membership and went, wait a second, maybe we need to refocus this and take people to our members and sh have them show how they recycle and, and how they do it. So we have a lot of those one-on-one -on -one conversations. So we did like at Miami Marlins, we did Port Everglades, we did Kennedy Space Center, we did Anheuser-Busch, we had so much fun at Anheuser-Busch, went back um, again uh, over on your area we went to Port Tampa Bay we've been to um, like Bell's headquarters uh, Tropicana so uh, Coca-Cola beverages Florida's which is over in Tampa so we've had a, a lot of really good sessions where they will tell what they're doing as far as their recycling programs and how you can benefit from it and then the other part of it is when we became a foundation a couple of years ago we decided to do research projects and that's where we've done the two with University of Florida. We love working with Dr. Tim Townsend and, and Dr. Malik Ansashi. Um, and they've given us some really good information that we can start moving forward. For example, people say, well, there's contamination in our on our recycling, how much? And I didn't have an answer for them. So that's why we, we hired them. We commissioned them to do a study on that to find that we had a little over 20% of contamination in our recycling. So now we've got a benchmark and we can work for there. And then when we came up with, you know, what is the cost? What are the economics of, of, of recycling? You know, is it a good thing for a city to stop or, or did it do any harm? Did people really save money or did they not? And so once again, getting that information out, we think it's very important. Yeah. You know, it's uh, interesting because it all does fall to money in, in these uh, places. Uh, it's, 
I don't like that because I'd like them to be thinking about the environment more on what they can do to help instead of what can we do to, uh, you know, make more money or not at least lose money. That's for sure. But I do know it does come to that in, in all businesses just about. I know we had some people on from the zoos and they're more uh, animal and uh, environmentally um, interested. And so they are creating uh, zero uh, waste uh, in you know in their facilities and and by the end they have a goal date of uh, zero waste uh, at a certain uh, end date which is I'm real thrilled that they can do that and I think that if they can do it anybody can do it so you know I, I just I just don't believe that it's all um, about the money I just don't well, you do have a company like an Anheuser Busch over in Jacksonville area they have a zero waste yeah see so they have 100 percent recycling exactly they, exactly they, they figure it out how to do it so. right and that's the thing it's like they figured it out so I mean they made the learning curve why can't that be shared and and actually demanded by other companies I don't understand why we can't have that as um, a requirement quite honestly, instead of just an ask. This is a tell, in my opinion, but, you know, I'm radical like that. <laughs> so uh, is there anything uh, that you guys want to talk about that we did not talk about? We were just about out of time, but I'd like for you to make sure that you get across your uh, information. We have three minutes. <laughs> well, I just think, I, I'll just start real fast, Bala, because I want you to close it out. But mm -hmm. I, I just think that we've seen... Um, what happens when people didn't recycle and they didn't save money. It was funny when they presented the um, findings that they said for anywhere from $1 to $12 per household. I'm going, oh, is that like a week, a month? Uh, you know, what is that? Right. They go, no, a year. A year, so that's right. A year. So you really aren't saving a lot of money. No. And then the other thing is those materials have to go somewhere. So where do you want them to go? The state of Florida is shrinking as far as where we're going to be able to put future landfills, waste to energy plants. It's easier to put in a recycling facility or uh, another type of manufacturing facility that uses recycled materials than it is going to be to do a landfill. Yeah, I think so. That's good. Malik, you have something to say? You yeah, got I would just say. Yeah, exactly. Just to kind of add up onto that really quickly, it's really important to determine what type of materials to put in the bin. And I think this like idea of focusing on a targeted stream, although it might be somewhat painful, especially to the residents who are good natured and who think that they can recycle everything and want to recycle everything, sometimes it's better. And I would say this is the sometimes, the current time that we are right now in our recycling industry here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. to recycle unfortunately, less of those kind of materials that you want to recycle and really focus on the ones that are just like the top tier. And those top tier are things like your plastic bottles, your laundry detergent, your milk jugs, newspaper, cardboard, your aluminum and steel. If you focus on just those materials on their own, you're going to do a pretty good job of cleaning up the waste stream. And I think that your county is going to be very, very happy with you. Oh. So absolutely stick with those. If you're always at a loss, should I recycle this? It's probably better to be safe and just put it in the garbage bin. Yeah. Because 
it, it's just going to, to help things out from a contamination perspective. It just turns into a wish, doesn't it? Well, thank you for so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I, I learned a lot, and I, I hope that our readers or our listeners uh, learned a lot as well. Y'all have a great day. And um, I wanted to let y'all know that if you enjoyed this show and our weekly content, please go to WMNF.org, donating through the tip jar and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. And stay tuned. In the next hour, you're held WMNF's Tampa's Monday Music with Flea. And if you want to hear more public uh, interest programming, switch over to WMNF HD3 channel, The Source, and listen to today's Tom Hartman show live. And also, I wanted to announce this. In Sarasota County, there's a body of water called Warm Mineral Springs. On Tuesday Cafe, we'll find out all about its history, archaeology, caves, and biology. And we'll hear out about a proposal by the city of Northport for development near warm mineral springs. Ooh, that's scary. That's coming up at 10 in the morning tomorrow, WMNF. And so if you want to, and I hope you do, make sure and tune in uh, next Monday morning at 11 for the next Sustainable Living Show. We'll all be taking ideas about tackling food waste and recycling in the vacation short-term rental industry with Diane Danielle. She has